Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. As the Lenten season begins, we wanted to share a reflection from Father Luke Mata on sin and the importance of confession. We hope that you have a beautiful Lenten season as we prepare for Christ's passion, death, and resurrection. In Vienna, in Austria, there is a, a church in which the former ruling family in Austria, the Habsburgs, are buried. And when royal funerals used to arrive, the family, the mourners, knocked at the door of the church to be allowed in. And the tradition was that the priest inside would ask as they knocked. They said, who is it that desires admission into the church? And the main guard that was at the head of the procession would respond, his apostolic majesty, the emperor. And then the priest would respond, I don't know him. And then they would knock a second time. And again, the priest would ask, Who is there? And the funeral guard would announce again, The highest emperor. And the priest would say, I don't know him. And then a third time, they would knock at the door, and the priest would ask again, Who is it? And then the third time, the guard would say, a poor sinner, your brother. And then the priest would say, come on in. And it's kind of actually a very nice ritual. And and it's very good because, yeah, in the end, that's who we are. I mean, we're children of God. Each one of us is is a child of God, but we're also sinners. (laughs) We're sinners whom God loves infinitely, dearly, unconditionally, because we are his children, but we are sinners. You know? And praying about Lent, And realizing that Lent has a purpose. The purpose of Lent is conversion. It's a time of conversion. The prophet Joel, first reading, as Wednesday. Repent and return to the Lord with all your heart. Rent your hearts, not your garments. Repentance means repentance from sin. It's not repentance in general from sin. And sin is the one big obstacle that keeps us from loving God with all our heart and mind and soul and strength. I mean, the true understanding of who we are includes the reality of sin. I mean, this is what the book of Genesis tries to explain to us. Adam and Eve were created by God in the state of holiness, really. Uh, 
but original sin changed everything. And after that, all of us now are born with original sin. It gets washed away at baptism, but the wounds, the inclinations remain. And that's why we find difficult not to fall into sin. We're, we're tempted. Yeah. This is what St. Paul, especially in his letter to the Romans, tries to explain. Do you remember at one point he gets very personal and he says, the evil that I don't want to do, I do, and the good that I want to do, I don't do. And, and he says, who will deliver me from this body of death, he says. And then he says, the grace of God is sufficient for me. You know. Uh, the inclinations, the temptations are there. God always gives us the grace, but unfortunately... We are weak sinners, and, and we fall, and we fall. But God is so good. He's so merciful. He's so forgiven that he's always ready to forgive us. He's always ready to take us back. It, it's kind of too good to be true. This is the whole point of the parable of the prodigal son, which really should be titled the prodigal of the, the parable of, of, of the loving father. We have a father who will take us back no matter what we've done, no matter, I mean, always ready to love us back. You know. Um, the key is to recognize the need for conversion to recognize when we sin and admit it, I have sinned, and then to, to run to our Father God, to run to Jesus, who is there ready to forgive us, especially in the sacrament that he left for us precisely so that we have our sins forgiven. And that we have the certainty that we have been forgiven. It's the sacrament of penance, reconciliation, confession. You know. And this is the point of that parable when Jesus, remember, uh, the title that we give it now is the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. Um, St. Luke, in chapter 18 of his gospel, is, uh, relates the parable and he says... To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I mean, when we, when we, when we hear that, we said those who were confident in their own righteousness looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And we go, yeah, those Pharisees, those hypocrites. But we're the ones who do that all the time. And Jesus tells the parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. I mean, in, in, in Jewish tradition and, and among the Jews, you couldn't get any worse than a tax collector. I mean, you could, you could kill your entire family, that was bad. But if you're a tax collector, I mean, you're really bad. Okay. Especially because they were collecting taxes for the occupying force for the Romans. Uh, they were traitors. I mean, you were, you were a collaborator with the Romans, really. I mean, that's why they were, they were, they were hated with passion. 
The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And this parable, the way in which Jesus is is teaching us, is best exemplified in our lives, especially when we go to confession. Because when we go to confession, we're being like the tax collector. We go in there, and as he said, he bit his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's really beautiful, that's all. And then he's forgiven. He goes home justified. He humbled himself before God and admitted his sin. That's why it's so important that we do that. So important. You know, I remember a few years ago, I had this very striking um, encounter. A, a priest friend asked me if I could help him. He, he was very involved with Life Team. And they had a big, big weekend thing, retreat. There were hundreds and hundreds of kids there. And he asked me if I could help him with, with confessions. And there were two nights, uh, Friday night, Saturday night. And he would expose the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance and all the kids. It was a lot of singing and a lot of... It was very charismatic type. It's not... It's not my cup of tea, but it was wonderful. And then confessions, and there were a lot of them. And uh, I remember the second night, Saturday night, I was there, and, and there was this young girl who was looking in my direction. There were just a handful of us priests in the open thing there in the back of the church. And I could see this girl was looking, and I see her hesitating. And then she would look at me. It was kind of, I was getting distracted, actually. She was, you know. And I say, I wonder what's going on with this poor thing, you know. And, and I just, I was praying for her. I just assumed maybe she wants to, but she's a little afraid. And I was just praying for her. And then she finally came towards the very end. It was late. I mean, this thing went on until 11 o'clock at night. I mean, it was kind of a... And she came in and knelt down in the confessional kneeler. And and um, and she told me, said, Father, I didn't want to come. Um, so yesterday... I saw you and the other priest there, and I, and, but I was afraid. I didn't want to come. I was ashamed. I was feeling bad. I was afraid. So I didn't come. And last night, she said, I had a dream. 
And, so, you know, when somebody in the confessional tells me they had a dream, I, I start shaking, you know. I mean, the, you know, what's going to come out here next, you know. I had a dream, you know. So what were you smoking, you know. Or, um, but she told me I had a dream, and in my dream there were two tunnels. And one was dark, totally dark. And the other one had light at the end. And there was a silhouette. And so I was looking at the two and I decided, yeah, I'm going to go to the one of the light. So I started walking and the silhouette was a priest. You see the cassock? And so I, I, I kept walking and walking until I was close. And, and he says, you know, the priest was you. You know, uh, I didn't know that in the dream. But today... We started everything, and then I looked around. I was thinking, so I started looking at all the priests. He said, do you notice that I was looking? And he said, I did. It was pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I couldn't believe it. It was the priest of the dream. So I realized, well, I have to go to confession. So I said, good for you, you know. And, and, but it was a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I mean, now, normally God doesn't do that. That's rare. Uh, but to me, it's, it's always a beautiful thing to see those miracles of grace. Sometimes, sometimes they're a little more extraordinary. God always gives us what we need for us to open up and respond. Always. So don't worry if you don't get a dream or a vision. That means you're okay. <laughs> if you get one of those, that means, wow, you were really out there. Uh, and if you're out there, you'll get it. Don't worry. Uh, but it's kind of beautiful. I mean, that's how much God loves us and, and that he's constantly giving us whatever we need uh, so that we can experience his love and his mercy. And, and the sacrament of confession is, is just a wonderful, wonderful uh, sign of that love that he has for us. Is, is the normal way for God to forgive our sins. This is how he wants it. I mean, we see in the Gospels, is one of the big points of the Gospel is that Jesus forgives sins. Many times, he does a healing of the body and then he says, your sins are forgiven. Sometimes it's first the sins and then the body. It was Jesus' way of showing us I have power over the body, I can heal the body, and I, I can also heal the soul. I can forgive sin. It was also his way of teaching us that what ails the body, there's also things that hurt and ail the soul, and he has power over both of them. That's what the Pharisees, when Jesus would say, your sins are forgiven, they would say, only God can forgive sin. And the point that Jesus is making, yeah, I am God. That's why I'm forgiving. But the thing that is really beautiful and key here is that after the resurrection, when Jesus appears to the apostles, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, St. John says that Jesus appeared to them and he said, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And this is the basis for the church's theology, uh, the sacramental theology on the, this is the institution of the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, penance. This is when Jesus, who has the power to forgive sins, gives that power to the apostles and their successors, the priests. He gives them, said, if you forgive, they are forgiven. If you retain, they are retained. This is what sometimes uh, with our Christian brothers who are not, and sisters who are not Catholic, this is a typical conversation. I Actually, I've had this conversation even with our beloved Rick Warren here, who's a wonderful, wonderful man. I've had this conversation with him about the Eucharist and about confession. I said, Rick, listen, you're, you're almost Catholic. Everything you teach is almost Catholic. But, but you're missing some. You know, and, and, and quoting this, I said, I, I mean, how else can you interpret this? I mean, yeah, you say you go to a mountain and you, 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 know, you look up to heaven and say, God, forgive me. And, and I mean, that's all nice and it's very good. That's, that's, that's a very good thing to do and keep doing it and hug the tree afterwards. But, but Jesus says you have to go to the priest. This is not because the priest is, is holier than anybody. In fact, many times the priest is the number one sinner. Listen, I go to confession every week. And I'm not killing anybody yet. <laughs> but, mm, but this is the way Jesus wanted it. And, and there are many reasons. I mean, the gospel doesn't give all the reasons. But I think one of them is precisely because of that parable. We need to humble ourselves. It is good for us to get on our knees before the priest and, and say our sins. It's, it's, it's the way that, that we humble ourselves. We have, to, we have to look back. I mean, if you ever go to confession, you say, yeah, you know, what do I have to say so I can look good? That's, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, we're confessing sins. We're not going to look good. That's the whole point. So don't worry about it. So, oh, wow, I'm going to look terrible. Good. I mean, you're going to look like a sinner, like what you are. The same with me. So if you ever come out of there, wow, that was good. I didn't look too bad. No, that's, that's, <laughs> right? And then to hear the words, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the priest says, I absolve you because in, at that moment he's acting in what's called in theology in persona Christi Capitis. is in the person of, it is Christ who is forgiven. Christ is using the voice, the body of the priest. It is Christ who forgives the priest. The priest can't understand. It's Christ who forgives. Uh, let me read you something from um, St. Faustina. I mean, she's amazing. If you have not read her diary, I recommend it. She's wonderful. And at one point in one of the apparitions when, when Jesus is speaking with her, Jesus starts to talk to her about confession. And he says to her, there in confession, the greatest miracle take place. It suffices 
to come with faith to the feet of my representative, the priest, and to reveal to him one's misery, your sins, and the miracle of divine mercy will be fully demonstrated. Where a soul be already like a decaying corpse, so that from a human standpoint there would be no hope of restoration and everything will be already lost, but it's not so with God. The miracle of divine mercy restores that soul in full. When you go to confession, know this, that I myself am waiting for you in the confessional. I'm only hidden by the priest, but myself is the one acting in the soul. Here, in confession, the misery of the soul meets the God of mercy. Tell souls that from this fount of mercy, they draw graces with the vessel of trust. If their trust is great, there is no limit to my generosity. And, and that's what we need is, is to trust in God's love, in his mercy, and that he instituted this sacrament for us so that he can give us a big embrace and, and show us how much he loves us. I mean, going to confession is giving Jesus an opportunity to love you, to forgive you, you know. But we have to humble ourselves. And that at times can be hard because there may be things we, you know, we, we feel pretty ashamed of. I mean, first of all, Jesus already knows. So you're not going to surprise Jesus. What? He already knows. So, second, the priest, I can assure you, and I've asked many priests who are all much older than I am. They too, in the priesthood, you've already heard everything. You're never going to come up with, you're not going to invent a new sin. You're not going to scandalize the priest. You're not going to go, you, you, you did what? I mean, he's heard it all in, 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 in the first day in the job, so to speak. So uh, the only thing the priest thinks is, wow, this is wonderful. Another person, ah, this is beautiful, you know. Uh, and, and, and there is Jesus forgiven. It's all, it's such a beautiful thing. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this sacrament. Thank you for being so merciful and loving. And thinking about Lent. Lent is, is a wonderful time of the year to try to make a deeper, more contrite, more open and truthful confession. It's, it's, it's a wonderful time. And to go a little more often than usual, if you can. You know. It's such a beautiful time for that. It's also a time to be very thankful for the sacrament. That God is so good that he instituted this sacrament and to be very thankful for it. There was something that struck me deeply when Pope Benedict, his last trip, his last visit to the United States, And he said something, he was talking about church renewal and church reform and, and what we need. And, and then he said, through the surpassing power of Christ's grace, entrusted 
to frail human ministers to the priests, the church is constantly reborn and each of us is given the hope of a new beginning. Let us trust in the Spirit's power to inspire conversion, to heal every wound, to overcome every division, and to inspire new life and freedom. It's all things that we want, that we all aspire. But then he said, to a great extent, the renewal of the church in the United States and throughout the world depends on the renewal of the practice of penance and the growth in holiness, which this sacrament both inspires and accomplishes. It's very powerful. I mean, what he's saying is the renewal of the church in this country and the world, but we're in this country, depends on the renewal of the practice of the sacrament of confession. And that begins with each one of us. I mean, do you want to see a real renewal of the church here? And let's even forget the United States. Let's, let's think about Southern California. Think about Orange County. And the two of you or three maybe who came from San Bernardino, okay, we'll include that too, you know. Uh, but here it is. Is once we, we go there and, and we're transformed by the grace that comes with the sacrament experiences, God's merciful love, then that will inspire us to go and bring others, bring others to confession. And then it'll be a chain reaction. It's, it'll go viral. Viral. You know, it will be amazing. And that's how we'll be renewed. But it begins with the personal renewal. Your personal renewal and my personal renewal. That's where it begins. And so let's go to our Blessed Mother Mary. You know, the patroness of California is not Our Lady of Guadalupe. She's the patroness of the Americas. The patroness of California is not the Immaculate Conception. She's the patroness of the United States. The patroness of California is Our Lady Refuge of Sinners. I think God knows Californians very well. <laughs> right? And, but it's, it's great to go to her as the refuge of sinners. And we can do that now and say, Mother, help us all to go through this real conversion during this Lent. And obtain for us the grace to have a great love and gratitude for the sacrament of confession. Mother, help us.